Well, amen. Thank you. It's good to be at Bethel again. And um, we are excited. Uh, some of you may not know, but um, Pastor Steve was the youth pastor at College Park Church for many years, and I served as an elder there. And um, back in 1998, our son ran into a wall and uh, broke his knee. And his fourth vertebrae was basketball practice. He ran the wall and his fourth vertebrae cracked and exploded. And his spinal cord was severed. So he was left a quadriplegic. And uh, Pastor Steve was a youth pastor. So he had quite a unique ministry to our family during that very trying time. And uh, I got to observe him uh, for many years as a man that loved God, loved his word, loved his people. And I knew that when God sent him to Bethel, you were getting one of God's choicest servants. And I'm just delighted to be here and, and have this opportunity to share. My wife prays for me everywhere I go, so she's praying for you today. And uh, we have six children, four biological, two adopted. And uh, two, well, three in the area now, but um, three out of the area. One is in Manhattan, New York. One is in... Uh, um, Colorado Springs, and, and the other one is out of town. is down in Memphis, Tennessee. But we thank God for them. And then we are excited about um, just being the president of Crossroads Bible College where we're training Christian leaders to reach a multi-ethnic urban world for Christ. God has been good to the college. Our enrollment is up over budgeted enrollment for the fall. Uh, God is expanding our borders. We are opening up a additional location in Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana, probably uh, late October or early November. And then we're really excited that, that Pastor Steve and you at Bethel have, uh, have partnered with us so that we can house a biblical counseling major right here at Bethel, probably later in October or the first thing in November. So we're excited about that partnership. We can't wait to get here. Bethel, you're going to have biblical counseling. It's, uh, it's set up in, in, in our accelerated program, which means a person could come one night a week for four hours, for five weeks, and get three credit hours. Get a week off, one night a week, four hours, five weeks, three credit hours. We found that works very good for working people, people with families, people with a lot. They can just say, I can come out one night, and biblical counseling is a great, great major. We have Dr. Robert Kellerman, who grew up in Gary and, and in this area. is a leader in the biblical counseling movement across the country. He's going to be our point person for this area. And these, those courses are for you. Uh, and you can even take them uh, and audit them at a cheaper fee. But... Um, it's not just for you. It's Bethel is housing the classes. We want everybody in this, in this surrounding community to come over here and take those classes. So we encourage you to get the word out. We're going to have information table in the back. Uh, after uh, I finish preaching, Michael and Lakeisha Garrison will be back there. they got information that they can give you on the class. They've got a, uh, a sign-up sheet so you can give them your name and your contact information so that they can give you information as we move towards uh, launching this class probably sometime in October, early uh, November. So I want to encourage you to get a hold of that. They also will have at the table some uh, my materials, uh, book uh, wrote with Ken Ham, the uh, CEO of Answers in Genesis, the group that created the 
Creation Museum, only one of a kind that I know of, very professionally done, great place to go and to look at, to see life story from a creation point of view. Um, we wrote this book called Darwin's Plantation, and uh, it talks about evolution, creation, and especially its effects, its effects on racism. And I encourage you to get a hold of that book. We also have some DVDs out there and a couple of CDs. A couple of DVDs, Special Forces for the Savior and Preach the Word. Those both were preached at David Jeremiah's church in uh, San Diego, California. And uh, then I have a, one on uh, Salt and Light, You're the Light of the World. Uh, I think that's a CD, but got a special on all that. But hey, get a hold of that stuff. Look at it, get it out, give it to somebody else. I'm just interested in getting the word of God out. I'm excited to be here. And one other thing I'll say as you turn to Acts chapter 8, um, we are, are privileged that uh, Tony Dungy, the former head coach of Indianapolis Colts that took him to the Super Bowl and won, great Christian man, he's allowing us to use his name for the Tony and Lauren Dungy Family of Scholarships. All of our unfunded scholarships come under that. And we're trying to raise about $200,000 in scholarships. We just accepted a young lady from Haiti. Um, she is here at our school, and we had fully scholarship her, of course. But um, $30 a month or anything that you can give, we appreciate that. Uh, we got some credit card things back out. You can make out for that. Or you can go online, www.crossroads.edu, and you can give online. But we appreciate you helping us out there. <clears throat> subject that we decided to speak on this morning is uh, spiritual confusion in the streets. Spiritual confusion in the streets. I like to say to you that many of the people that you work with, many of the people that live next to you, people that you go to school with, there are people out there who are spiritually confused. And there's spiritual confusion in the streets. There are people who are involved in church, who are involved in religious activities, who might even be reading the scriptures, but they're confused, not understanding what the scriptures are teaching. And so in Acts chapter 8, we're going to talk about the Ethiopian eunuch. But as we prepare for that, I want to just tell you the book of Acts is a historical book. It is the history of the beginning of the early church. Uh, this book outline can be gotten from Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when Jesus said to his disciples, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem where they were, in Judea, the neighboring uh, counties, and then in Samaria, these individuals that was intermarried Jews and, 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 and Gentile, Gentile, they didn't like them. And then Gentiles, uh, they definitely didn't like them. And, and yet Jesus said, listen, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, this is the way the church is going to grow. The gospel, you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, I also want you to understand something about the context of the early church. The early church was under persecution. And I want you to pick that up here. We can even, even pick that up right in Acts chapter 8. And uh, the first verse, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 8 and um, verse 1, it says, Now Saul was consenting to his death. Whose death? Stephen. Stephen was a deacon. Stephen preached a message. They didn't like, they stoned him to death. And Saul was there consenting to it. It said, at, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Now notice this. 
Acts chapter 1, 8. Here's what God wants. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, they were just like us. A lot of them didn't want to move. We're right here in Jerusalem. God's working in Jerusalem. The apostles in Jerusalem, having a great time in Jerusalem. We're not going to go. But God says, no, I want you to go. And you know what God did? He sent persecution to the church. And you see what happened? When the persecution happened, they were scattered from Jerusalem. And it says, they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. That's what he said. You'll be witnesses unto me. But notice this. This is interesting. They were scattered on the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Now, that's interesting. That's like God saying, I want my word throughout this whole Lake County region. And I'm going to scatter all you saints around except your preachers. Now, that's interesting because most of us think that's what we pay our preachers for. Man, that's what we got Pastor Steve for, and that's what we got uh, Pastor Brown. I mean, we're paying these people. Their job is to go out and do the ministry. My job is to come in and soak it up on Sunday, go home and forget about it before Sunday night. But no, it says that they were all scattered except the apostles. But then notice, it says down here in verse 2, and devout men called Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. And verse 4, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now remember, the apostles were not scattered. So the people were scattered. And they went everywhere preaching the word. And then the the scripture says down here in verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, Philip is the subject of who we're going to be talking about today. Philip was an evangelist. Philip was also, uh, we consider the first deacons in Acts chapter 6, when people were getting saved and the church was growing. And and so many things was happening. They had problems arise amongst the saints. And, And they said, it is not good reasoning to have the apostles leave the preaching of the word and praying to serve tables. Therefore, choose you seven men. One of those seven were Philip. Philip was an evangelist. And here, God is sending him down to preach in, uh, in uh, Samaria. And, and if you take time to read that, I won't take time this morning, but if you read that, Philip was preaching. People were getting saved. People were getting baptized. People were leaving, leaving witchcraft and sorcery and all that stuff behind. I mean, God was working miracles through Philip's preaching and his presence there. Things was going on so great there that they heard about it in Jerusalem. They sent John and Peter, two apostles, down to see what was going on in Samaria. And they laid hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was a place where things was happening. I mean, God was working. I mean, the word of God was being preached. People were believing. People, it's the place you want to be in the presence of God. Well, Philip was down there. But I want you to note in verse 26, the Bible says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. This man's in a comfortable position. The power of God is on his life. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. It's where God is working. And yet the Spirit of God says to him, Philip, 
I want you to leave here and I want you to go down to that city Gaza. Now we're somewhat confused. We don't know whether desert meant it was a desert road or whether the city was desert. But, but we do know this, that God is telling him to leave a place where there's action and things are happening and God's presence is there and God's power is there and sending him somewhere that is desert alone. Has God ever tried to move you anywhere? Has God ever tugged on your heart and said, maybe you ought to consider missionary service. Maybe you ought to consider full-time ministry. Maybe it isn't even that drastic. Maybe God just said to you, maybe you need to go down the street. Maybe you need to take a stand at school. Maybe you need to take a stand at work. Maybe you need to take a stand in your community. Maybe, maybe you need to go somewhere. There's not a lot of Christians there. They don't believe in God there. They cuss there. They, they, whatever you want to talk about. In fact, some of you say, I, I, no, no, I don't want to go. To, I want to get away from them people. I just want to be with Christians. God spoke to Philip. Philip, I want you to go. Now notice what the text says. Verse 27, so he arose and went. He was obedient. So he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, 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 now God sends this man down. Now, this is a divine encounter. This is a divine meeting. He left the place where God was working and God's power was, and he went to a place not knowing what to expect. It was called desert, and, and, and he's going out there, and there's a man in a chariot. A man of authority, a man of power, a man of some riches. Now many of us, we think people of power, riches, and prestige don't have any spiritual questions. In fact, we worship them more than we worship God. Athletes, entertainers, educators, wealthy people. Millionaires, billionaires. What could we say to them? Now, now this man, this 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 man was a man of means. Uh, in fact, let me let's read you something that John MacArthur is speaking about this Ethiopian eunuch. What he says: the Ethiopian eunuch was a seeker after the true God, as shown by his long journey to Jerusalem to worship. How he, became, how he came into contact with Judaism is not known, but there was a large Jewish colony at Alexandria. He was a high-ranking official in his country, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Ethiopia in that day was a large kingdom located south of Egypt. To the Greeks and Romans, it represented the outer limits of the known world. Its kings were believed to be incarnations of the sun god and every, and the everyday affairs of government were held to be beneath them. Real power lay with the queen mothers, known by the hereditary title of Candace, which is not a proper name but an official title like Pharaoh or Caesar. 
today we call the czar or vice president or something like that. It says, this man was in charge of all her treasury. In modern times, he was the minister of finance or secretary of the treasury. Despite his power and prestige, he had a vast emptiness in his soul. He made a long journey, a long, arduous journey from his homeland to Jerusalem, searching for the true God. Listen, listen. Uh, this would be like you walking up. Here's this guy driving a Lexus. He's, he's, he's driving a BMW. Oh, maybe he got a Lamborghini. And he's just parked there reading the Bible. Now, what would you do? Now, I know what many of us do. We don't, we don't want to talk to these kind of people. We just ride by them and I don't, I don't, I don't want to get, I, listen, they got money, they got fame, they think there's a, I, 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 notice what Philip did. The Bible says, verse 29, then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? Uh, Philip observed him, went there, and that day and age it wouldn't be, you know, they read out loud. It's like young people when you drive up by them in a car, boom, 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 shaking all over the place. (laughs) Music so everybody can hear. Well, they read out loud. He was in Isaiah 53. And so Philip went there, and Philip wanted to know, do you understand what you're reading? Now, do you ever take the initiative on people? Do you ever, do you ever watch them? Do you know whether they have a Bible to have? Do you know whether they talk about church? Do they talk about spiritual things? Do, do you ever inquire? Uh, 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 I mean, I can't blame you. I'm the same way. I mean, I'm on planes a lot. And I got my game face when I get on a plane. I get in my seat and I don't look at people. I don't want to talk to them. I just stare ahead, basically saying, leave me alone. Several months ago, I was on a plane. I got on the plane. This lady was in the middle seat. She was probably about late 20s. And I'm sitting there and she keeps looking at me and looking back and looking at me and looking back. I just look at her and look out. Pretty soon she says, are you going to Indianapolis at your home? I said, yep, it's my home. She said, mine too. She said, I've been, uh, I've been stranded all day long. I was overseas and I was on this plane and, and, and we had problems and, and there was a storm and it dropped so many feet and, 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 and the oxygen masks were released and everybody put on oxygen masks and, and I couldn't breathe and, and the, the, the stewardess had to pull me out and, and help me breathe and, and, and I just said, oh. Then she said, I, I was scared. I thought the plane was going to go down in the water and, and I was going to be dying and I was going to be eating my fish. I said, now, I, I, I listen to the Lord and said, you witness to this girl. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> don't get me in no long conversation. And then I finally just said, okay, 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 Lord. She just kept coming and telling me, going to die. I said, well, if you'd have been eaten, where would you go? <laughs> she said, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I, I've been praying a lot since then. I've been praying. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to go to church more. I said, my land, wide open door. 
Child finally gave, gave him my testimony and gave him the gospel. It shouldn't, shouldn't, it shouldn't take that much to get it out of me. But see, you and I don't know where God has divine opportunities for us. Philip was observant. Philip was looking. Philip, 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 Philip heard him reading from Isaiah. And, and, and Philip got up and asked him a question. Do you understand what you're reading? Now notice this answer though. This is an intriguing answer. Um, Philip asked him the question in verse 31. It says, and he said, how can I unless someone guides me? How many people God has bought, will bring in your life? They're a little spiritual. They may be reading the scriptures. They, I don't know what they're doing, but, but, but they don't understand. They don't understand. They're seeking for something, something to satisfy. They want to know something about God, a true spirituality, but, but they don't, they don't understand. How can I let somebody guides me? Now, this wasn't in Jerusalem in the church. This was on the streets. This is the person you meet in the parking lot. This is the person who lives next door to you. This, this is the person you go to school with. Uh, uh, this, is, this, this is the person uh, in, in your community. This is somebody out there in the street and they're spiritually confused. And they said, how can, how can I understand this unless somebody guides me? Listen, I want to ask you a question. If they ask you that question, would you be ready to respond? See, I know a lot of us, we, 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 we won't witness because we don't want the questions. We don't want to be asked, how do you know the Bible is infallible word of God? How do you know Jesus is the only way? I think you're narrow-minded and bigoted saying that Jesus is the only way. There's got to be other ways to heaven. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in heaven. I don't, you, I, I can't believe in a God. I, how could there be a good God and all the suffering going on in the world? I know some of you, I, you said, I don't want to get in those conversations. But let me tell you something. One of the reasons we talk about biblical counseling, because you know you do a lot of counseling just when you drink coffee with people. They ask you questions, they ask you your opinion. What do you think? What would you do? When you answer, you're counseling them. One of the reasons I think it's so great to have a biblical counseling major here, even if you don't, even if, even if you don't want to take it for credit, you just go in there and, and audit it because they will be talking about life issues and they'll be talking about scriptural answers and prepare you so that, so that, so that when you get around somebody and they say, I, 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 I can't understand unless somebody guides me, you can be that somebody. Look at, look at, look at what this. Scripture says here, the Bible says in um, verse 30, so Philip, Philip ran it, uh, verse um, 30, 32, says the place in the scripture where he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? See, you ain't the only generation where people have questions. And you ain't the only generation where preachers have different answers to questions. 
Even to this question at that time, some people said Isaiah was speaking about himself. Others said Isaiah was speaking about the nation of Israel. Philip asked, who is he talking about? The eunuch asked, who is he talking about? So verse 34 says, so the, so the eunuch answered Philip, I ask you of whom does the prophet speak of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Let me ask you a question. If you got a Jewish friend, can you take him to the gospel from the Old Testament? That's what Philip's doing. He's in Isaiah. He's back in Isaiah, and, and he said, he began where he was reading. Here's where you're reading in the scriptures, you don't understand it? Well, hey, hey, look, 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 look. Preach Jesus from Isaiah. He just knew the scriptures. Now, I said before, everybody who quotes the scriptures aren't, aren't, aren't necessarily saved. I can remember just a few weeks ago, a few, about a month or so ago, my wife and I went back to church. We were part of planning when... I was in college, and uh, the pastor there now surprised me. He had a plaque for the founding pastor. But I also wanted to honor my wife because she taught a Bible study, one of the first women's Bible studies we had when we started church. They tracked this woman down 40-something years ago. They tracked her down, had her in the church. Now, we had a Bible study in our home. I remember one night, I was in there and all these guys in there, probably not nine, eight, ten guys. And I was telling, we're going to have a Bible study. You need to come to this. They're telling me, no, I can't come to Bible study. I'm no, you can come to Bible study. No, I can't. And I'm talking to them, trying to get them in the Bible study. The next morning, front page on the paper, that lady was busted for prostitution. All those guys was there for prostitution. I'm so glad they didn't rate it. The night when I was there, I could see the headline, Baptist College Student Carlton Prostitute Bus. Prostitute bus. But I, I was able to get in and say my little bit about Jesus and get out. But I want to tell you something. Know why I tell you that story? Because I remember walking the streets before her house. We didn't know what she was doing. I remember walking the streets and I remember talking to her. We wanted to have a Bible study. I remember her saying, my father is a preacher and she quoted scripture to me. See, you and I got to be observant. Just because people read scriptures, just because they say they go to church, just because they say they're spiritual, doesn't mean that they understand what the scripture says. Philip took the scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. Now notice this, verse 36. Now as they went, now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch says, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Philip got his message across. You were confused from Isaiah 53. You didn't know whether this was of, of Isaiah or somebody else. Well, Philip took the scriptures from Isaiah 53 and he preached unto him Jesus. When Philip finished, this person understood that this text was about Jesus Christ. He'd be born of a virgin. He'll live some 33 years. He'd be crucified on the cross. He'll be buried. He'll be raised from the dead. And it's through him and him alone that your sins are forgiven. Philip got the message across. He explained the scriptures. He got it. 
Now, I want to encourage you. Can you take the scriptures? Somebody talking. Well, I don't know what to talk about homosexuality. I don't know what to talk about uh, adultery. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. Whatever you want to talk about. You know, you're living in a day and age where even many churches don't preach the word anymore. I mean, evangelical, evangelical church, good church, growing church. Probably as big as this church. Pastor said to me before I preach, he said, no, no, we don't use Christian ease around here. We got a lot of unsaved people came to Christ. We don't use Christian ease, and we never mention hell from the Pope. I said, man, you got the wrong dude here. Don't tell me about no, I just preach the book. If it's in the book, I preach it. I don't create the message, I just communicate it. So you need to figure that out before you ask me to preach. Don't come ask me to preach and then tell me don't preach the book. <laughs> we talk about some hell, man. Hell's hot. That's a hot topic. But uh, let, 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 listen, we do need to be able to take the scriptures. He he taught he preached Christ to him, and then uh, he, Philip got it. It was explained. He understood it, and uh, he believed. And he said, here's water. I want to be baptized. Now, I just heard the announcement. You're going to have baptism uh, first week in October. And they were saying, some of you, hey, if you're saved, you need, you, you need to be like the eunuch. I'm saved. I've, I've believed on Christ. I want to get baptized. You need to fill out those forms, whatever you need to do, and get on up here and get baptized. The eunuch didn't want to wait. He said, time is our water. He says, what is in Do you believe that Jesus is, do you believe with all your heart? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So, Philip, verse 38, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Divine encounter. God took Philip out of Samaria, where... God was working miracles and people getting saved and people getting baptized and God sent him out there for one man. And that one man, the Ethiopian eunuch, he presented the gospel to him. He got saved. He baptized him and Philip was gone. And the eunuch went away rejoicing. Who's that one person in your life? A mother, a father, sister, brother, co-worker, neighbor, student some of you may have heard of Clark Kellogg he calls some basketball games and is an analyst now Clark Kellogg played basketball at Ohio State then he played for the Indiana Pacers upcoming athlete Clark gives the story of his salvation he said, he's playing for the Indiana Pacers. This guy came out of nowhere. Nobody knew him. He came around and announced that he was the chaplain for the Pacers. Clark said he was running around all the time out there practices trying to get us in Bible study. Clark said, my wife was getting on me. We need to be back in church. But Clark said, I didn't want to hear it. He said, I avoid the guy. I make excuses. He said, I stay in the locker room till he leaves. I didn't want to talk to him. And Clark had a knee injury. He thought, no big thing. Athletes have injuries all the time. You know, get a little rehab, be back out there on the court again, do my thing. But that knee injury ended his career. 
got that news, he decided he'd have this Bible study with this guy. This guy had a Bible study and led Clark to saving faith in Jesus Christ. He's a strong Christian. And then Clark said, after I got saved, he left. Didn't see him anymore. It was as though God sent him there just for me. And I got saved and he was gone. That's what happened with Philip. God sent him to the Ethiopian Union. Ethiopian Union got saved. But didn't see Philip no more. But he went away rejoicing. Now I just wonder. Does God have some divine meetings for you? And perhaps, perhaps some of you already know what those divine meetings are. But you've been avoiding it. You won't obey. You won't go. And I just wonder how many people in this area God says, this is your Ethiopian eunuch. I need you to go. Listen, listen, listen folks. You're sitting in the seat and having the scriptures explained to you. I know Pastor DeWitt. He's an expository preacher. I know this church is, is built on the word of God. You're sitting in the seat. You're the saints in the seats having the scriptures explained to you. But what's got to happen is the saints in the seats have got to go to the streets and explain the scriptures to people who are confused in the streets. And when you convince them of Christ and get them saved, the saints in the seats go to the streets, explain the scriptures to those confused in the streets, get them saved, then bring them back to the seats with the saints. Pretty good, huh? I like that. That's God's plan. You got to be equipped. You got to understand those scriptures, but you don't understand. Listen, listen, Manning plays Manning today. Football. I'm going to be on the plane. I can't see it. But I tell you what, if I was looking at it, you understand here on Sunday, this is the coach's time. He's talking to the team. The game's played Monday through Saturday. If I could sit at the TV today, I wouldn't want to see the coach talking to the players for two hours. They can't, they, they even time them on timeouts. You get a little time out, get your butt back in the game. People came in to see the game. People don't want to see you in the church on Sunday. I'm glad you're here, but this is the coach's time. He's going to explain the scriptures to you. You're going to be mature. And so the saints in the seat are going to get up and go in the streets and explain the scriptures in the seat, in the, in the, in the street and then bring those from the streets back with the saints in the seat. That's the way it works. Take the coach's time and make it work for Jesus. Who is your Ethiopian eunuch? What questions do they have? I want to encourage you. Pray and let God use you in this matter. And I want to encourage you, if, 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 this biblical counseling might help some of you, even if you don't want the degree, just to take courses. I want to encourage you to go back there to the table and talk to Michael and Lakeisha. They got information on that. They also uh, will take your name and, and, and contact information. If you want to, want, to, want to be contacted, I got uh, books, CDs, 
DVDs back there. You can purchase those things. Encourage you to look at supporting the college in some way. But folks, I want to tell you something. We're living in a day and age in this country where the word of God is being gutted out of not only society but out of our churches. And yet the only thing that will live, the only thing that will bring true transformation is the inerrant word of God. We need to be out there explaining the scriptures to people who are confused for the glory of God. I want to encourage you today. If you're here and you're not saved, you're not born again, you cannot save beyond the shadow of a doubt if I died right now I go to heaven to be with the Lord I want to encourage you to talk to somebody and let them explain the scriptures to you that you can be like Ethiopian eunuch you can go away rejoicing if you are saved and, and you're not right with God you haven't been baptized you need to make a decision about that today and, and if you are saved and, 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 and you're walking with God just ask God to give you your Ethiopian eunuch so that you can meet him and you can explain the scriptures to them and have and God will use you to bring some people of confidence in the saving faith faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. And how we do pray that right now the Spirit of God will take your word and work in the hearts of your people. God, if there's somebody here who's not saved, would you convince them of their need of Christ and in the midst of their confusion, would you help them to come and ask somebody to explain the scriptures to them? May somebody take the scriptures and show them Christ. May they get saved and leave here rejoicing. Father, there may be many of us that we have an Ethiopian eunuch, someone you want us to or you will bring before us. Help us to be obedient. God, I know sometimes we're fearful. We don't know what questions they're going to ask and whether we got all the answers and all that. But God, help us to obediently go. And if we find questions, come back to our pastors, get better teaching on it. And may we explain the scriptures and see people saved for the glory of God. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the saints. In Jesus' name, amen.